Scotty, are you shipping yet? Or have I won the bet? Will my financial future be set from all the money I'm about to get? John, we have failed to ship. It's making me feel really shit. <laughs> and now I think it's crass that you just want my cash. <laughs> However, it could be worse. We could make up another verse. So I'm going to stop now. Thank God. Not even going to do the last line. <laughs> oh my God. Now I know why I never let you sing, because you're terrible, Scotty. <laughs> John, you think I am bad. No, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to try and sing uh, uh, the whole episode. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put the shit to the test. You know, I think that we should leave it to our, our whoever our fractional listener today is <laughs> to, to rank the shittiness of our singing and lyrics. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Good luck with that one. Well, we have to, you know, th- 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 it's important to have challenges in life. So speaking of challenges in life, go ahead. Tell us about the challenges you have. Uh, well, we have we have one niggling issue due to do um, to do with the creation of scheduled transactions. Um, now, when you when the app was a standalone application, the app could just create scheduled application uh, scheduled applications scheduled transactions whenever it felt like it. Of course, the app. Uh, now may exist on many devices and you need to uh, uh, because the data is local on each device we don't necessarily hold it on a server you have to try and ensure that um, if the scheduled transactions get created on one device uh, that they only get created on that device you know and then the syncing does the rest they don't get created multiple times you end up with duplicates which means you need some sort of control mechanism just to say this has happened and there is a bug somewhere in that that just for one or two people, it says they've created scheduled transactions when they haven't, so it's failing to create data. It's it's you know for, for most it seems to be working fine, um, but we have just a couple of people where it it doesn't. And but yeah, when you're on a you know a, a beta program with a hundred or so people on it, a couple of people translates to a you know, couple of percent. And if this happens for a couple of percent of people, that's possibly quite a big support burden um, and issues to sort out. So we decided to hold off until, you know, at least the few people on the beta having the problem think the problem's gone away. Uh, fortunately, it's something we can reset and give a new build and, you know, it, it, we can recover from to, to see if it happens again. So, yeah, but it's just it's just frustrating because it's a little bit of a going round in circles to to try and find the problem we think we fixed it and then someone says nope still happening for me or you know we can't actually see what it is but there we are but we have made some progress this week we submitted to app store review just we thought well you know we might as well see if we've got any issues other than that to go through uh we did eventually get through we got rejected three times but all to do with like wording or they couldn't find the link to our privacy notice or stuff like that nothing nothing particularly uh there so you know, we are sat on the App Store, you know, waiting for developer release. Obviously, if we're going to fix a bug, we'll need to put another one through. But, um, yeah, Mac app review times at the moment, probably, you know, in the range of two to three hours from submission to acceptance. So that was pretty good each time. Uh, yeah, so that's where we are. We haven't shipped. Uh, one thing to fix and then we will ship. 
I, I guess realistically, we won't want to ship at the end of the week and end up with lots of um, uh, lots of new issues coming in over the weekend. So, as it's now Wednesday afternoon here, uh, yeah, I suspect now we won't even attempt to ship, even if we're ready before next Monday. You know, why, why create a hassle for the for the weekend when we don't need to? Well, Scotty, you know. Even though I've always taunted you in the back, I want to let you know that I still love you, even though you haven't shipped. That's good, because if your love was reliant on me shipping, that means you've never loved me. (laughs) (laughs) Or just have successfully lied about it. (laughs) John, it's the day after Valentine's Day. No one has any love left in them. They all loved out yesterday. (laughs) That's true. All love has been exhausted. Or, Or what? What I call uh, today is the day after Valentine's Day is cheap chocolate in the shops day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and anger and retribution day for the chocolate that was or was not bought. Reduced flowers. You know I don't share chocolate-covered cherries. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, reduced flowers day. Anyway, so that's, uh, that, that's been uh, uh, our week uh, from this side of it. We're just sort of like plugging around that and carry on with a few of the things I might be able to talk about in a minute. But uh, what about yourself? How how splendiferous has your week been? Uh, it's been fairly splendiferous with a lot of uh, a, a lot of progress. You know, um, I, you know, I, I will talk about it at length <laughs> at some point in the future when I can. But what I can tell you is that, you know, the, the canvas that that uh, is being productized, uh, it needs to be productized with a final test to be able to make sure about something. Um, which has to do with the ordering of of items on the canvas, but also has to do with moving the canvas to a view controller that's pushed from you know a, a an existing view controller in one of our tabs to itself occupying a tab, which is really good. It's nice. It's basically you know it's a limited amount of tab real estate. I know we talked about it a little bit, um, but the issue I'm dealing with right now is with data refresh because part of the idea of this canvas is it reflects user activity in the moment. Um, and so if you do something that should cause, you know, cause us to have to refresh, we need signal for that. Um, and on the one hand, it, it, you could get away with some things if it's a view controller that's pushed and kind of navigated back to. In other words, it's kind of regenerated every single time. When something is in a tab, you switch between tabs. It's not going to necessarily refresh things um, and that's good and bad because, you know, the, the, the constant problem with any type of, of mobile user interface is keeping things up to date when they need to be, but not hitting the server over and over again when you don't need to for lots of different reasons. You know, for, forget forget the environment or anything like that. It's just kind of user experience. You just don't want to see spinners or flickering or anything like that. So it's a fairly tricky thing, and it's a granular set of changes that we're looking at. Um and so it's been interesting to see all those things get worked out and it requires cooperation from teammates. And that's good because I know that I can rely on them and saying, hey, this is the behavior that used to use because guess what, Scotty, this may blow your mind. While I'm making changes on one part, on one canvas, canvas in one section of the app, other people are making changes to there and, and kind of facing similar problems. It's a common set of problems about how do you you know, data refresh is, is, a, is a very common problem. And it's like you want to have enough refresh, but not too much. and 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 then you can compound that problem if the data refresh issues relate to a platform because you want to reflect common, you know, up-to-date state about the world. And it's possible that somebody, you know, that you might have watched on one device and you want to see that reflected on a mobile device or on web or so on and so forth. So 
Um, it's a it's a pretty tricky thing, um, and there's there are different techniques for solving it, and and we're trying to find out which is the best one to balance all these different factors. So it, it has been fun and satisfying, and also it, it's um, there you know uh, as is known, we're doing our first ever live uh, live broadcast that's coming up soon, and as a result, there's kind of you know just like with with any other big changes, the closer we get to 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 that, the more careful we are about making any changes so as not to potentially run into problems. So um, uh, that has delayed the the starting of, of my test until after that happens, but that's coming soon enough, and I'm taking advantage of the extra time then to look at other bits of polish. So some other things I've been working on um, are some animations, which are really nice, um, which... Uh, People who use the iOS app, you know, reacted very, very positively to a whole series of, of um, uh, changes to the, to the app uh, to make, you know, really nice animations that are interruptible, very smooth, very beautiful. And so we, we kind of upped the standard that we have. And so, uh, I, you know, anybody who's working on the app wants to take advantage of that. And as you change things around, here's the other thing that may blow your mind. If you have animations that take an image from one portion of a screen and move it to another portion of the screen, if the destination location uh, is changed, you oftentimes have to change the arc of the of the animation so that it looks correct. Um, so I got the chance to, to, to do that, and that was really nice. Um, so, yes, all things uh, being equal, things have been kind of peachy. Oh, excellent. I mean, we... I know we've been saying it for months now that uh, you know, I'll talk about this in more detail as we go. But yeah, it's yeah, this better be darn good when it arrives. But there we are. Anyway, back to, back <laughs> oh then. my god, yeah, no pressure, well. pressure. This better be the best thing this show has ever done. No, but uh, seriously, the whole the whole point of um, I think as as users we take certain things for granted. I I, I mean, you assume. You know, uh, when you're using something like Netflix, you're connecting back to a service. So, you know, I'm watching Netflix on my TV. Uh, I have to stop a show for some reason because I get given a job to do by someone else in the house. And um, I sort of like go off to pretend I'm doing that job. And in fact, actually, I just sneak <laughs> into another room and fire up Netflix on my phone. Um, you know, the fact that it should be in the same place or I should, you know, it should be at least in the continue watching and pick up in the same place, even though it's just gone away a couple of seconds ago um and i'm only just opening the app that may or may not have been running before in the background you know we just assume that because we're connecting to servers that that will all and i think you know, many ios developers that that will all be there but equally for a you know a service the size of uh, of netflix you know i i guess you know um, Unnecessary network requests are discouraged because there is an, an awful lot of volume going through your servers. I'd have thought so. That's strategies for doing that. Um, yeah, I should imagine can be quite interesting. Yep, yep. And I think that the, to, to put the final point on it, you know, things like like you know bookmarking services. I think that ours works well. I mean, I think one of the things I do notice when I look at, at other platforms, this does the continue watching really work well. Because it's 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 what people want. You just described the scenario, you know. In modern, you know, the the, the trade off we have. If I think back about what watching TV was like when I was a kid. You know, there were very few channels, and you had you know limited time when you were allowed or able to watch. And so at that point, you kind of you you all attention was put on it. 
while you watched half an hour of, of Happy Days or, or whatever, or if you were a kid watching Sesame Street or The Electric Company or some such things like this. Now that you can watch anything you want, anywhere you want, at any time you want, on any device you want, uh, you know, this type of thing happens all the time where you have, you know, playback interruptus going from one to the other. And so um, that's something that, that was developed a long, long, long time ago, and it seems to work really well. And then that's kind of one of the nice things that makes you feel that that you are... Uh, that you are part of a service and we don't, you know, care which device and, and where you're going to do it. We just want you to be happy as you're doing it. Um, so there's a lot of expectation that's built in. And then if you want to expand on that, it, the expectation has been set. And I think generally speaking, that that, that is a theme that I've noticed. For example, I was uh, there's a, somebody who joined the team um, at the beginning of this year. And I've been helping her, and 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 because she's working on a on an area that that I did a lot of work on, um, which is badging on the on the details page. You know, I talked about that about the audio uh, spatial audio badge uh, the other day, and 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 at first, you know, it seems like wow, it should be incredibly simple to do, but it's not for the reasons I spoke about last week. But not the least of which is that when standards are set for for fit and finish for quality. And then you have this issue of like, okay, it's not just slapping some icon on there. It better it better flow properly at larger preferred content sizes. And if you have multiple badges relating to the content or the state of 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 the content as concerns you, like have you watched it or rated it or things like that, there you're talking about you know managing data from different sources and having to make layout decisions so that things look proper. And it, it's you can't just cram everything on one line. So every time you add a new one. It adds a little bit of complexity. And so in, in walking her through all the different things to consider, I kept saying, it's like, you know, it seems really simple at first, but it's not. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. It's like I keep going back and forth. And sometimes I think it's like, oh, my God, the stuff we do is really easy. And, 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 and I can't believe we get to, to you know, to, to have jobs doing this. But then when you dig into it, it's like, nope, it's not easy. And it's, it's not so much that writing the code for any aspect of it. It's, it's, it's knowing what you need to do, know and, and not assuming just because you think you know everything that you actually do know everything. Who knew, Scotty? John, I've always assumed you knew everything. And I always assume I know nothing. So it's that somewhere in between the two is the truth. So, yeah, so uh, everything divided by nothing normally creates a crash. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So this podcast is just to suffer to divide by zero error. There we go. <laughs> oh, deep joy. Deep joy. So speaking of divide by errors, uh, no, probably not. Um, I know that we don't, we shouldn't be talking about Twitter and the, and the antics of it. But I don't know. I feel like I should leave a show notes, you know, thing about it. This was, you know, probably not surprising, but just really like, God, that's fucking creepy. Um, and I'm talking about the the fact that, <laughs> I don't know, I shouldn't say this, I'll, I'll get arrested or something. But, to, to you know, Elon Musk was upset that that his tweets were, were not getting the same number of views as Joe Biden's tweets over the weekend. He's like, wow, I spent $44 billion, incinerated my personal fortune, made sure that I can't ever sleep again. And now I have to like triple down in order to make it make sense. And so the way he makes it is making it make sense is like gathering the remaining engineers and basically saying, make sure that whatever I tweet ends up on the top. It's like, Jesus, you know, but it's like, well, even putting aside whatever the, 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 the ego, the whatever, it's just, it's kind of interesting to be able to say, gather all the engineers and make them make this happen. 
and the unenviable position because on the one hand, I suppose you could write something really simple where you basically say, well, if the tweet is from this account or this pool account, just do this thing. But from what I understood from the, the, the write-up of it is that they basically said, okay, we are going to treat this as a, as a, as a real engineering problem. We'll set a bunch of parameters that can make changes and we will just set values for it at such absurd numbers. It's like, it's like, you know, with, with constraints, you can set the priority so high or even making it just one more than the thing that causes a complete switch in direction. And so they at least tried to make it so that (laughs) I'm sure at some point they said, well, when we have to undo it, we hope we'll only have to change one parameter and not either tear out a bunch of code or write a bunch of new code. So that, that's that's really the thing that I'm I'm thinking about because generally speaking, you know, as engineers, you're asked to do things, and in some time, you know, ideally, you want to feel like yes, this makes sense. Why we're doing this, and I'm on board doing it. And I'm going to design a system that's built to last. I can be proud of. If you're presented with a requirement that you just think is is batshit crazy. How do you do it? What's what's the hypocritic oath for for software engineers? This probably is none about kind of doing no harm, but still in the back of your mind, you feel like you probably have to do it and, or at least take these things in consideration. I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I've not been following anything to do with Twitter. It's, um, it's dead to me now. I've deleted it from my phone. I've not even checked my accounts in, you know, since I moved to Mastodon. You know, it's, I don't even check my accounts anymore. And I don't follow the stories about it because I really just don't give a shit what Elon's up to on the whole um, with, mm-hmm. with, with Twitter. I mean, I'd probably give a shit if he's affecting world politics and everything, but there we are. But it, it does raise an interesting question about if there's an engineer and you're in a company now. You know, it, it's very easy to say, well, come on, everybody get out you know, of Twitter. You know, morally, you shouldn't be there or whatever else. But, you know, particularly in the US, there's, you know, possibly a, and I'm not saying this about everybody. Some people will be there because they still genuinely believe in it. And that's their right. That's they're OK to do that. Um, but equally, there are going to be people who are there because they're on a visa sponsored by Twitter. And if they leave Twitter, mm-hmm. they have to leave the country. Um, you know, there may be people there who, you know, have family medical issues. And if they leave Twitter, they lose their health insurance. Um, you know, um, that will be a disaster for their family right now. And so I think we have to be, you know, a little bit careful about criticizing anybody who is still there because you know there are reasons um and not to judge them but at the same time you know where there you know where is the line where where is the line on on, on these things yeah and i guess that is the question that you know you ask on anything you just look at the state of life in general where is the line I mean, everybody thinks the line is somewhere different so you know it's uh it's a difficult and i guess that just translates through it's not like it's not like being a doctor where as long as I don't kill someone, I'm okay or whatever, I guess. Yeah, exactly. um, I guess that is the line. Um, yeah, we'll do serious harm. So, yeah, it's uh, – but I think, you know, uh, putting that aside, I think unless you are a, a complete Elon um, supporter and, and, and totally for, you know, your your ethos, your politics, your your morals, whatever term you wish to use, you know, supporting what he's trying to do. Um, so unless you fall into that camp or you have, you know, visa or medical or you know, other valid reason to be there, I, I would struggle to understand how you... Personally, I, I can't match up how I could be an engineer in that environment anymore. 
Uh, but then again, yeah. I'm uh-huh. different to other people. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing is like, I, I tried to make a separation between those, the, the separation of concerns. Like it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about it in terms of engineering challenges, just about how would you solve this problem? You know, and, and I know it becomes a slippery slope, but I am actually interested in how at scale the whole issue of how does something get ranked and put in front of you. And the reason why I'm interested in this is because having worked at, you know, on a, on a social media app, Findery, you know, low those many years ago, we it was a much simpler set of problems for us because we you know weren't anywhere in a, in a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of of the scale of Twitter, um, but we did concern ourselves very much so with 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 community guidelines and that just comes from the people who were founding in the company who themselves were founding in Flickr, Flickr having been really one of the prototypical social media applications and and, and, and you know created many of the behaviors that are still in use today. Um, so I, I, that's that's part of the reason why I'm interested in it. And the second thing is that, you know, it's 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 very easy for people to say, well, I bailed on Twitter, and and I, I was talking with people about it, and I, I had mentioned at some point, I guess last episode, that that I comfortably made the transition to Mastodon, that that the ability to have a top quality client and to be able to find a a cohort of of other you know, uh, people that I used to follow from Twitter, you know, I, I don't know whether that service that, that exists still because Twitter shut off their APIs, but I had that transition. It was really comfortable and really nice. And then talking with some colleagues, basically they came down to the conclusion. It's like, yes, in, in my world, the world of, of iOS engineers and developers and designers or, you know, what app maker designers, I feel completely comfortable. Everybody I know that I really care to follow has moved over. But that doesn't change the fact that even as is right now, Twitter got to a scale that even if even even if Elon Musk wasn't there, but nobody was there and it was just like a skeleton crew just trying to keep things going and let it go as it was, there's such inertia, inertia that it goes good, bad, and, and indifferent. And there there still is a lot of discussion on it, which is... You know whether you look at it directly yourself or you rely on other people, journalists or or whatever, who are going to pick through those those details and and see things that are out there being spoken about. Um, you can't kind of completely ignore it, and that's I guess that's really reason why people are would pay attention to this stuff because at the scale in which they've operated, not just in sheer volumes of, of social media expression, but as a social phenomenon, political phenomenon, it's kind of, you can't completely ignore it. And so that that's what makes it um, interesting. But we will shut up about it now, and I will invite you to uh, talk about something else that's not related to that that you would like to talk about that our, 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 our fractional listener may want to know about. Okay, well, we would talk about people possibly needing to leave Twitter as engineers because of, you know, reasons. So that just, you know, segues into I have been uh, helping, uh, along with a number of people, uh, a client um, look at recruiting mm. uh, iOS, iOS engineers recently. And part of the recruitment process has been the obligatory sort of demo project, you know, simple mm. Uh, simple um, specification, spend a few hours on this, submit it, and then in the interview be prepared to talk about it. And uh, one of the things I've been in this week is looking at some of those um, submissions and, and just making comments and, and, and doing whatever else. And it, it's raised something, uh, having not been involved in recruiting for a good few years on, on any project at the moment, really, um, or, you know, 
it's it's been um for iOS anyway, it's been been interesting that um yeah the 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 spec the 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 job is to work on a well established and quite long standing application. Okay. So as an experienced developer that tells me a lot of old code mm-hmm. is going to be in this application uh, and and it may even be you know there is objective c and swift code in this it, it, the the job um application doesn't state that it, it is actually just swift but there but it's been interesting to see um how many of the submissions of the project have been pure swift ui uh, which is is perfect for these mini projects in in doing whatever else. So as a as a technical solution to the challenge set out, um, you can you can definitely argue that SwiftUI, if you were doing file new project, is exactly the right thing to do. However, when applying for a job that is for an older code base, it surprises me that more people don't ask the questions. To themselves, well, how does this demonstrate I have the ability to work on probably your code? <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I'd have thought, okay, let's let's show some Swift UI, but let's host the Swift UI in a UI kit view or something in order to show I know both or whatever. <laughs> um, and even some of the applications have been like using third-party architecture frameworks, which uh, again, uh, I I have I personally don't. It's not that I don't like third-party architecture frameworks. I I am always concerned about, you know, if you're going to produce an app that's around for the next five to ten years, you know, basing your app on a framework, an open-source framework, is you are making the assumption that someone is going to be maintaining that framework for the next five to ten years. Um, and we all know that architecture frameworks are, you know, framework du jour um and so you know i i think that's i have an issue with that but equally again you know they're very opinionated in the way they work and i think using them in a sample project for a job interview although i guess if it's there for interview discussion i'm not saying any of these people are wrong i'm just saying i found this interesting uh for interview discussion why you chose that framework what you feel that framework brings may show a good understanding of things but i was you know if i was applying for a job that required a project for an, an app that had been around for a while i'm pretty sure i'd make sure i would demonstrate in it that i understood ui kit mm-hmm. um rather than just swift ui so i i found that i found that interesting um i've not spoken in any interview room with any of these candidates so i you know i'm not say i'm not criticizing because all of the you know, answers that may be given may be excellent and you know, and all the rest of it. So this is more of a statement of I find it surprising. Um it's not something until this moment that I had considered. You know, um you know, and that's partly just because I've not been around it for a while. So uh yeah, I just found that interesting. Um yeah, as I said, I think if you're doing file new projects, Swift UI is exactly the right thing to be doing. Uh architecture frameworks I have say other opinions on but um yeah so i don't know if you have any you know comment or would like to add something to that but i just thought i would raise that as a 
something that has interested me this week. Uh, it's a very interesting topic, and it's something that, that I've noticed a lot about. I mean, it's like, you know, I've sat on interviewed panels, and I've been interviewed, and I've been doing it for a long time. I guess, you know, the, these days, I am, I, am, I am more aware of the long arc of my career, and I don't hide it, you know, I also, I, but I also don't pound it. It's like, I've seen everything, because it's a delicate balance you have if you're, you know, older person on a, on a software engineering team, because they're, they're, they're still as ageism. That's absolutely the case. You know, but I think it, you don't really have to go to long time spans to to have had to change directions a lot in your career for just the reasons you talk about. It's like, you know, there are people who were new to UI kit and the concept of it. And then even within UI kit, there are people who's like, you know, hey, I need a vertical scrolling list. I'm going to use a, a table view. And then it's like, no, you're crazy. You use a collection view. And then, you know, and then collection view is like, ah, oh, what do you mean you're using the old delegate and data source thing? You should be using diffable data sources. Like, and then other people's like, you're crazy. You know, Swift. UI is all you'll ever need, and the reality is, is just what you said. It's not. It's 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 not that you need expertise in any one particular thing. It's you need the ability to use the right framework for the job, and if you're working in a company that has things, the ability to be comfortable looking at other people's code in general, but also specifically in frameworks that you may think ah, I escaped ever having to worry about that. Because that's the other thing. There are plenty of people who said, you know, it's like <clears throat> I can't believe you had to lay things out with with frames and do the all that calculation yourself and there are people it's like i can't believe you would you know outsource that to something else and not have control of it because how are you going to get the performance you need you know and and it really just highlights the fact that give in, in a given problem context you know people are going to take different approaches to to, to solving it within the parameters that they have defined for them, whether it's like performance is the most important thing right now. So anything that, that you know, I'm going to do absolutely everything myself, even if it makes things, you know, difficult for others to understand. And that may be the, the right choice to make. It still comes down to me is like there are habits for engineers that, that if I'm in an interview, I'm more interested in seeing what the habits are and the thought process than I am in evaluating a particular expertise in a particular set of frameworks because the I always have the assumption that excellent engineer you know coding skills are just table stakes it's nothing that differentiates you you know from any other candidate it's really it's thought process and evidence of that and and then other things about kind of what type of questions you ask and how do you as quickly as possible kind of figure out the 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 range the area of the problem set and 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 feel like you you know enough to 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 know what what issues are are really important so and that's that's sometimes much more difficult to to you know, determine for, by looking at a, at a demo project. And that's why you kind of have to do both. A demo project is really good because it basically says, are you full of shit or not? Can you write something? If, if we give you an assignment to fix somebody else's bug or to work on a canvas, can you actually produce that? And that, that's a great set of signals. But longer term, you know, knowing whether this person will be an effective team member, that's, that's harder to tease out during an interview, but there are definitely types of things that you can ask. Um, and to me, that's the much more interesting and, and uh, challenging part of, of doing engineering interviews. Yeah, that's all good points. And, and I think I agree. I think asking someone to do a small project from scratch is, firstly, I think it's a little unfair because normally they'll say, I'll oh, just spend a couple of hours. And <laughs> it's very hard to do anything in a couple of hours. So, you know, people then spend longer than the couple of hours assigned to them. And then you like you receive submissions where, you know, um, if people have been clever, they just submitted in a zip file and you've no idea how long they've 
spent. Um, if they're, I won't use the word clever, if they're less understanding of this, they submit it with a full Git history and you can see that they spent 14 hours, <clears> 15 <throat> hours or, or whatever it might be beyond it. But you know, it's then really not fair to compare someone's two-hour effort to someone's 14-hour effort because that they, they that isn't fair. So I think personally, and, and again, the problem with this is someone's got to put this together um, and it needs to be personal to the company. Otherwise, it's all too easy to, to go around. But you know, a, a better way of testing someone's going to do exactly what you said. Have a have a interview project that your team put together um, before the interview process, and you know set two assignments. One, have an intentional bug in there, and say, "Can you fix this bug?" And to add a small feature, and at that point, if they had a small feature, that is the point they can choose to use Swift UI or do something else to do something brand new and show their skill set. Um, the debugging shows they can find their way around code. Um, I guess the downside is, you know. Who wants to spend a couple of days putting together a good engineering demo project for people to do? I think if you're employing people being paid tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's worth investing a couple of days in getting the right person. But there we are. Unfortunately, we all know a lot of companies don't think that way. Indeed, indeed. Well, speaking of thinking the right way, we might should be thinking the right way about our poor fractional listener and and, and bringing their their tour of duty to a reasonable end. We we probably should. Yeah. So, Scotty, if people want to to you know offer their 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 solving you know their a salve for your wounds from not having shipped, how can they do that with words? Well. Or by sending care packages of alcohol, chocolate, cut rate flour, <laughs> or any of those other things. Well, I think I think based on the fact that you've also asked people to judge our singing, maybe we should go out with some singing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, we, what can we do? Let's think of this. Yeah. John, it is time to go. That really fills me with woe. But if you'd like to contact me rather than John, you can do it on Master Don. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I'm Scotty at developer.social, and you can send me something that rhymes with social. <laughs> but there we go. No, I am Scotty at developer.social on Master Don. I would love to hear from you um, either in word or song. I don't mind. And John, where can people um, uh, tell you how they have thrown out their entire vinyl collection just to just to replace it with you? <laughs> yes, the scratchy old man has warped the feelings. Uh, Scotty, I'm going to show a tremendous amount of restraint and not even attempt to sing the response, but you can find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum, uh, and you can find me on Jembe at Mastodon. Is Mastodon.social? I think it is, yes. But you can find me on the Mastodon uh, as Jembe, and if you're still on Twitter, you can find me there as well, um, uh, and I would love to, to hear from you. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say right now, Scott. Eh? Don't bother getting hold of me on Twitter because I won't see it and I won't answer it. But maybe yeah, that's the way you get the most sense out of me. Well, John, we've uh, we've waffled on for long enough and uh, sang our hearts out and uh, shared our our deepest knowledge. And if anyone out there is still awake, thank you very much. Of course. I think some people do listen to this podcast uh, to aid insomnia, uh, to counter it. So hopefully we've done our job well. So thanks for listening. And until next time, sweet dreams and you take care. 